0: If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to, let me see, Matthew 11, uh, 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 28 and 30. I'm going to set this up. Uh, Today we are kicking off a brand new series, as I just mentioned, uh, that we finished our series last week called The Kingdom that we were in, uh, where Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God. Uh, and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Matter of fact, a gentleman came up to me after the first service and said, man, somebody was asking me, you know, why haven't, aren't the pastors and stuff talking more about, you know, what we're seeing in the government and all that? And I was like, and I said, and that's, that's exactly why we, we did that series. It's because... We don't need to be focused on the news and the government as much as the kingdom of God, right? Because there's going to be things that they do that's out of our control. Yes, it's good that we vote and all that, but you know what? We serve a king and we live in a kingdom that is continuing to advance each and every day. Amen? Amen. So I want to encourage you, as these ladies are doing, I know many of you are. But we're turning the corner today as we're starting a new year. beginning a brand new series today called Rhythms. Called rhythms, and this series is uh, we're going to be talking about the rhythms of life. And when I talk about rhythms and a rhythm for your life, what does what does a rhythm mean? What is we we uh, how do we get into a rhythm, or what is a rhythm in our life? Well, uh, if I can define it, it's the flow of your life, the routines and habits, the quantity of obligations and events, and listen to this, and the distance between them. That's your rhythm. It's a flow, routine, habits. Quantity of obligations and events in the distance between them. You know, I know since midway through March of last year, it's been hard for a lot of us to get into a rhythm. Isn't that right? A lot of y'all, you all you could maybe you're, you're, you're because of school or because of, of work. It was hard to get into a rhythm. Like to, we don't know what's going to happen, how long this is going to last, restrictions. And usually after the holidays, we all try to get back into a rhythm of life, right? Into a routine after the holidays. A lot of us have time off and we're we're doing the holiday thing and it's our normal routine and rhythm is not is is, is off So usually this is a Sunday and a time of year where we all focus. People make New Year's resolutions or set goals. So that's what I'm talking about here, trying to get back into a rhythm of life. You know, I was planning a series, something along these lines earlier in the year. And then once everything happened with COVID and the restrictions, I kind of was like, well, man, maybe I should back off of this. But as I continue to pray about it and talk to my lovely bride about it, we were talking about it. I thought, no, you know what? I need to move forward because of this. We still going to have a lot of uncertainties going into this next year, right? We still have them right now, right? There's still a lot of uncertainties, and we can't wait for restrictions to be lifted or how school's going to look or anything else to get a personal rhythm flowing in our own lives. And and we're going to see. And, and and look, life as we know it, as normal, has been turned upside down. See, we already lived in a super fast pace world with crazy schedules and information overload, then the events of 2020 hit. As I've said many times, it was a year of COVID, social and political chaos, a record number of hurricanes, and that's just the majors. Last year through, was all for a loop, and it may have overwhelmed you. You may be sitting here this morning, and you may still be overwhelmed because of personal circumstances or whatnot. I just think about the Roberts and the Trahans and not, I mean, 2020 was already crazy. And then personal, you know, loss like this happens. You may have something similar in your life. So I'm talking about getting into a, ry- a rhythm in life. And it will be hard to get into a rhythm spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, or relationally when you're overwhelmed and over loaded, right? Because we all, like I said, we try to get back into a rhythm. That's why we start prayer and fasting. First and foremost, focus on the Lord. It's like tithing the first part of your year to the Lord. And it may be mission, mentally, emotionally, or physically, right? Gym membership skyrocket in January, right? Because people are trying to get back physically eating right and exercising. So if you're overwhelmed and overloaded, it's going to be very hard. We need the Lord's help to find new rhythms for our lives. And Jesus shows us here in Matthew eleven twenty eight. What we can do now. I want to read it in a more, uh, more uh, a newer contemporary translation. I'll read it in a more common one later, but I like the way it says it here. Matthew eleven twenty eight and thirty. Jesus said, "Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Listen to this. Learn the unforced rhythms." of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll live freely and lightly. Isn't that good? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for who you are, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can come to you today to get back into the rhythms of life. We know that first and foremost, it's the rhythm of our relationship with you, us seeking first your kingdom, Lord. And I just pray you help me as I preach this word, as I teach this morning, to make it clear. And I pray for all those that are here and that we not only receive it, but we all would have the grace to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to start out this series today by focusing on the fact that a lot of people are lacking peace, are overwhelmed, overloaded, and are living stressed out. And I know even in this room... There's a lot. Some people shaking their head. First service, when we prayed through those three things at the end of the service, a lot of people raised their hands, and they were one of the three things that they were living in, even as born-again believers. See, a major reason, why, major, major reason for this is we are doing way too much. We are exposed to way too much, we're, and we're taking in way too much information and stimulation. I believe we are an overstimulated society with with the media with with electronics with with news just with everything going on we 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 it's way too much look at what ecclesiastes 5:3 says too much activity gives you restless dreams and too many words make you a fool King Solomon wrote this, considered the wisest man besides Jesus on the face of the earth. Too much activity gives you restless dreams. I just heard about a young man just this morning that posted something on social media that he was dealing with anxiety and he was having trouble sleeping. Now more than ever, we have way too much going on in our lives. I'm not only talking about our schedules but because of the society we live in, again, in the tech we're consumed with, there's way too much going on in our minds and emotions as well. These are all are affecting our relationships with the Lord and the relationships with those around us. We need to recognize and address that these so we can begin to establish healthy rhythms in our lives. Amen. We got to understand what's, if, if you feel overloaded, overwhelmed, stressed out, you know, because again, we don't know, and we know there's a lot of uncertainties. If you're going into this new year like this, we need to, to deal with it to get into rhythm. Matter of fact, right before the first service, I mean, literally, I was texting uh, the, some of the staff about a few things, and I put up my phone, and my wife texted me, and some of y'all might have seen on social media, but we got a puppy for Christmas. We got our, our kids a puppy. I say our kids, you know, he's ours too. And my wife texted me literally, I mean, a minute or two before I walked up and said, hey, Drake just swallowed a sock. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, we date three into the new year, and my dog, my puppy, just swallowed a sock. And we're heading to the emergency vet. That's why she's not here right now. They actually just got back. Thankfully, I didn't know. My mind's starting to wonder, like, okay, is this surgery? How much is this going to cost? Come on, somebody. Let's just be real. I love my dog. But how much is this going to, you know, are they going to have to do? He's doing great. They gave him medicine, and he threw the sock up. So he's doing fine, yes. See, I told you, look, Drake got a breakthrough this morning, right? So, but my point is, we're three days into this year, I'm about to get up here, and my dog swallowed a sock, and we go into the emergency room, it's like, oh my goodness. But hey, thankfully, my dog's all right, thanks for asking Miss Nancy. Um, you know, but that just that's just a snapshot, right, of how you don't know, you wake up one morning, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, you don't know what your dog's going to swallow, or what your kid's going to put in their mouth, or whatever the case may be, right? So listen, we already got way too much going on, and that's just an example of how something just like that can be added to your plate in that moment, right? Come on. So today I want to give you three ways and I want to show you before we're going to get into some practical ways and some, and some spiritual ways. Of course, prayer and fasting is, I'm going to continue to hammer that as the biggest way to help you to get into a spiritual rhythm. Because as Pastor Rob always said, we're talking about getting in rhythms of life. Your relationship with God's like a button down shirt, right? If you get your relationship with God right, it all falls in line. If you don't get, you miss the first button, all your other buttons are going to be out of line, right? So that's why we talk. It, I spent months talking about seeking the kingdom of God first. And the way you get into rhythm is by seeking the Lord, of course. But I want to give you today three ways that too much creates madness. Too much creates madness. First one is by telling you what, what something doesn't do, and it's progress doesn't produce peace. Progress doesn't produce peace. Look at Ecclesiastes 2, 21 and 23. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This too is meaningless, a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? You see, King Solomon's tying hard work and all this stuff to anxiety. Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. And he hits on that again. It is all meaningless. Even thousands of years ago, King Solomon understood that progress doesn't produce peace. Progress at work, progress in your finances, progress with with, with things on this earth will not produce peace. It's it's good to progress, right? It's good that you want to see a ministry like APCC progressing and 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 getting more finances and and right in volunteers, and we want to do that. But that will not produce the peace you're looking for. You'll never find peace in what you do. You may find fulfillment because you're doing your purpose. Our vision here at Family Life, and it comes from the Bible, is for you to know God, live free, find your purpose, and make a difference. And we saw Jesus said you can live freely and lightly, right? You can be fulfilled. It's satisfying to do your purpose. But you know what? Your peace doesn't come in what you do, but it's in who you are. And it's knowing who you belong to, and that's the Lord, right? So you see, we've made significant strides in civilization, but stress and anxiety are at an all-time high. So this just proves what Solomon was saying thousands of years ago. For example, look at some of the main twos of progress, the economy, right? Our economy has progressed over the years. Yes, it takes dips and whatnot, but for the most part, but a lot of people are still in debt, Right? You can you can get jobs. Now, This last year was rough. I get it. But, you know, the economy has progressed, but a lot of people are still in debt. Education has increased. You know, when I hear about, here's a good example, I didn't know all that. Man, Patrice probably forgot more than I know, you know, and her education and whatnot. But for years I thought, man, if I don't have a college degree, I'm not as smart as her. Right, people have that. It's a they, they may have that, even though it's great. And now I've taken Bible college courses since I've come on staff here and whatnot. But you know, education could cause comparison and not necessarily bring peace. Some people get education. I hear they get degrees and have a hard time finding a job. Right, and then it weighs on them. And I spent this time and this money, and now I can't even find a job. Education doesn't bring peace. And technology, again, these things are great, right? Technology, I mean, I know I've been hitting on it hard. Social media was created to keep people connected. But experts say that people are more relationally relationally disconnected than ever before. And you've probably seen that. One of our elders said if young people would get their thumbs cut off, they wouldn't know how to communicate, right? You know, and that's, you know, that's just where it's at. Not only to mention It's produced a platform for division, slander, arguing, comparison, and even bullying. You know, there's young people. I have saw like a middle school girl that committed suicide because she was being bullied on social media. The very thing that progressed and was created to bring people together... It's isolating people, and, and, and again, it can be used for good. Look, I'm thankful for social media. When we were shut down for two months, I'm thankful we already was running Facebook Live and all of that, and we were able to have live services and prayer meetings and those things. Again, all three of these things could be a blessing, but it doesn't produce peace. Are you all tracking with me? And by the way, this is going to be more of a teaching today. I'm more of a preacher, but this is going to be more of a teaching. I'm going to give you a lot of stats and some information, but again, you know, showing it from the Word of God. See, the danger with progress is the idea that progress brings peace. We are programmed to think that if we just advance and all these things, we'll arrive at some type of utopia. We always try to fix everything with progress. Well, if it's not working, let's make it better. If it's not, if you're not succeeding, let's do more. Let's make it better. But that's not the answer. What if we redefine progress and what progress really is? What if we push to focus again on spiritual and relational progress instead? In 2021, what if the progress you really need to make, which we all need to make, is verse spiritual and relational? Look at this in Romans 1, 10 and 11. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Rome. In all my prayers, I ask God to make it possible for me to visit you. I want to see you and share with you the same blessings that God's Spirit has given me. Then you will grow stronger in your faith. See, the Apostle Paul addresses both in, the, in this, these two verses, both the spiritual and the relational. You got to understand, back in the time in Rome, they were very educated they were philosophers. There was like the epicenter of philosophy and education, all these things. And what did Paul say? Paul said, you need to progress in our faith and our relationship. You would think Paul's from South Louisiana. It's not, Michelle, I want to come visit you. Put on some coffee. Let's visit, right? He said, I want to come. He was he was telling them we need to progress. We need to grow in our faith. And, and, and he said, I want to share in the blessings. And those wasn't physical blessings. He was talking about what the Holy Spirit was doing in his life. I want to visit you and share. Later he goes on to say, because I want to encourage you in your faith, and I to be encouraged by yours. He was talking about spiritually and relationally. See, all of the progress leads to being overwhelmed, which is my next point. Number two, overload will always overwhelm. When you're overloaded, you will always get overwhelmed. Look at Ecclesiastes 8.16 again. In my search for wisdom and in my observation of people's burdens here on earth, I discovered that there is ceaseless activity day and night. Ecclesiastes 5.3 again says, too much activity gives you restless dreams. I begin to think about this. King Solomon penned these words by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit thousands of years ago before they had vehicles and the internet and TV and all these things. And he said there's ceaseless activity going on around the earth. Too much activity again gives you restless dreams. You see, overload is when you exceed your limits. Overloads when you exceed your limits. Physically, when you don't get enough sleep, you get exhausted. Emotionally. Anxiety attacks happen when you become emotionally overloaded. Whether it be with grief or, or trauma or anger or, or whatever it may be. Mentally. Mental blocks. Whenever you get mentally overloaded, you have mental blocks. You can't concentrate or you run out of ideas. See, we've been programmed to believe, especially us men, that limits are weakness. You ever heard the expression, oh, you just can't hang? You want to take a break? Oh, you need to take a vacation? Oh, you just can't hang, man. You, you need to step it up, right? Listen, I want to hear to tell you today, limits are not weakness. And limits are not your enemy. Overload is. See, even Jesus, uh, he, we see Jesus, uh, you know, showing us about limits. In the parable of, of the talents, he gave 100, he gave 150, and he, he gave 110. Why he didn't give them all the same amount? Because they had certain limits, how they could invest that money, right? So every one of us has limits. And and I'm going to talk about next week where we're all created to eventually stop and take a rest. We can't just go, go, go and expect that we're not going to get overwhelmed. Here are some types of overload we're experiencing today. And again, I'm going to list some stats and some stuff. Again, here's the teaching part of it. We're on activity overload. Always something going on. What's the last time you said, man, I ain't got nothing to do? Probably when you were like eight years old, probably, all right? I mean, in our day and age, we always have something to do. We always have somewhere to go. Change overload. The world is changing so fast. 2020, again, changed dramatically, changed the world dramatically. Choice overload. Listen to this. In 1980, there was 12,000 items in an average grocery store. Today, there are over 30,000 items with over 186 different breakfast cereals to choose from. Can you imagine? I mean, I'd be overwhelmed just looking at the cereal boxes, right? It's like we're on choice overload, commitment overload. Most of us have more commitment than we have time. Come on, somebody. We overcommit. We 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 have commitment overload. Of course, communication overload. Again, with, with being so connected through cell phones and the internet and email and text and all this. Pastor Todd and I was at Pastor's University last year uh, in one of the modules. And we were at a, it was called, we'd sit at tables. Pastor Larry would, would teach us. And then we would have a learning community, like a discussion where we would talk. And there was two younger pastors sitting at our table. And we were talking about kind of like this, like not being overloaded. You're, it was called the pace of grace, I think. What's your pace and having a healthy pace? And we're talking to these youth. Two young guys and how so much going on being overloaded one of them said yeah like I have hundreds of unread text messages on my phone and I'm like hundreds like literally and he's like yeah literally and, he, and the, the, the guy next to me said yeah I have like over 300 said there's no way they both showed me their phones they had over hundreds of unread text messages on their phones I'm like I'm with you Dustin I'm like if I have five I feel like I'm way behind right but this is communication overload. I'm like, who in the world are you not getting back to? I'm like, I hope one of those ain't your wife, man. You're going to be in trouble, right? But we're in communication overload. Of course, debt overload. I just looked it up this week. The average American credit card debt is $6,194. And that's the average, y'all. So, I mean, it shows you the average American credit card debt's over $6,000. We have decision overload, expectation overload, fatigue overload. 54% of people admit to being more tired after vacation than before. We live in a tired society. Some people said, yes, you understand that, right? Hurry overload. Come on. We always in a rush, right? Always in a rush information overload. Listen to this. A single issue of the New York Times contains more information than a person living in the 17th century would encounter in a lifetime. There's more information in one article, I mean one issue, I'm sorry, not issue, like it would be a magazine online, than somebody in the 17th century would even take in for their whole life. Not to mention you can Google anything, right? You can find anything on the internet. This goes back to relation. I was talking to my kids about this the other day. You know, in our day and age growing up, before we had the internet and all that, like, for example, I had a great uncle that was in the Korean War. If I if I was curious about something, I've always loved history and, and, and that, and, and if, I, if I didn't know something about the Korean War, and I'd ask my mom and dad, hey, what happened in so-and-so in the Korean War? What would we do? Well, let me call my uncle and ask him, right? So even that would spark a conversation and maybe a visit. Now nah, we don't have to do that. You don't have to call somebody. You just say, Oh, well, let's just Google it. You can, we have so much information. We're an information overload. And it's true. I can even be trying to search something that I like. And when I, that article pops up, I'm like, man, I ain't reading all that. There ain't no way, you know. I know about you. You may be a resource, resource, researcher. That's the word. But it's just, it's too much media overload. 99% of American homes have televisions on them with the average being on 55 hours a week. 55 hours a week the TV's on, on average, in American households. And of course, that brings noise overload. We have people overload, possession overload. Come on, how many of y'all kids got, got stuff from Christmas They ain't open something from last Christmas, right? We got stuff all over the place, Right. Again, technology overload. Listen to this. The average person they estimate will have to learn to operate at least 20,000 pieces of equipment in their lifetime. 20,000 different pieces of equipment in our day and age you may have to learn. Traffic overload. There's now more cars per family than there are drivers per family. And, of course, work overload. 40 hours is no longer the average. Isn't that right? That's no longer average anymore. Some of you already have sermon overload after hearing all of this, right? Some of you are getting overwhelmed me just telling you all these stats, right? So what do we do? Of course, first and foremost, y'all, we need to unload, right? First Peter five six and seven. I love how the Amplified says this version. This verse, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Miss Nancy used my scripture before she even knew what I was preaching. Then in due time, he may exalt you, casting the whole of your care. Listen to this. All your anxiety, all your worries, all your concerns, that's being overwhelmed once and for all on him. Who's him? On Jesus. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. See, if you are overloaded and overwhelmed, this is the first step you must take in getting out. From under that load, you gotta cast these, this, this stress, this anxiety, this, this worry on the Lord, and that's again what's so good about uh, a time of prayer and fasting. Next week, I'm gonna give you some practical ways and and spiritual because we we just read to get out from under the load and find rest in Jesus. So number one, progress doesn't bring peace. Number two, overload will always overwhelm, and number three, stress is sinister. Stress is sinister. It's dangerous. It's, it's outright evil. Look at 1 Peter 5, 7, again in a different translation. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. The Bible tells us to get rid of stress by giving it to the Lord because it's so harmful and destructive. Now listen, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Stress is not our circumstance, but how we respond to our circumstance. Let me say that again. Stress its not our circumstance. It's how do we respond to our circumstance. We usually have it the other way around. And you know how I know that? Because you've even told somebody or you've been told, man, you're stressing me out. <laughs> right? Like, you stressing me out, man. Like, this 2020 stressed me out, right? Well, no, it's not the circumstance around us. It's how we respond to that. John Maxwell said that for many years. Life is only 20% of what happens to us. It's 80% of how we respond to it. So stress is not the person you're sitting next to. It's not what happens in 21. It's not the restrictions or who's in the White House. It's how we respond to it, right? When stress is high, and some people even call it hyper stress when it gets really bad, stress is high, you need to work on diminishing it, not just managing it. You see, we we, we got to look at, at, at life in a holistic point of view. It's good to go to doctors. My doctor actually comes here. I actually put a disclaimer after I said this. But when you go to the doctors with stress, they're going to encourage you how to manage your stress. We don't want to just manage it, right? We want to get rid of it. We want to diminish it. Listen to this. Treatments for stress is a $1 trillion industry. More than cancer, heart disease, and strokes combined. Think about how expensive it is for just one person to have chemo treatments for cancer. Then heart disease and strokes, all of those combined treatments for stress is higher than that. One trillion dollar industry. You think stress is sinister or what? It's not destructive, but it's also expensive. And it, it's, wrecking, it's, it's wrecking havoc on people's lives. Stress is a key factor in five out of six causes of death. Now again, Dr. Landrino, he's, he's our, our primary care doctor. A lot of people in here as well. He was in the first service. I was talking to him after the after the service, and I said, "Man, I said, do you, you think that stats right? Because you know, I get these stats online and stuff, and sometimes you know, you wonder." And he said, "I would believe it, absolutely." He said, "Man, I've seen so much uh, stuff." He said, "I've I've seen people get off of blood pressure medicine after they retire from work." So he told me that this morning in the lobby. He's seeing people are stressed out when they're working full time in their jobs. Then they retire and they, have, they can get off of their blood pressure medicine. Isn't that amazing? I'm going to read off some symptoms of stress. And as I do, I want you to pay attention to see if you have any of these operating in your life. Like I said, this is a little different, more of a teaching and more of interactive because I want you to see where you're at and try to locate where you are today so we can move forward and get you out under this load of, of stress and get into a healthy rhythm in your life. The face of stress is obviously things like depression, anxiety, frustration, and even outbursts of anger. Mental symptoms of stress is withdrawal, apathy, mental fatigue, anxiety, feeling things are slipping out of control, negative thinking, difficulty making decisions, exaggerated worrying, worrying about things that will never even happen. They say 80% of what we worry about never does happen exaggerated, worrying, I'm sorry, I said that already, anger and hostility, impatience, forgetfulness, and confusion. You ever think, man, I just can't concentrate, I can't focus, I feel just like scatterbrain, and maybe because you're too stressed out. Physical symptoms of stress, rapid pulse, palpitations, increased blood pressure, Dr. Paul confirmed this after the first service, ulcers, tightening of the muscles. I had a friend of mine I was with just a couple of days ago. He called the ambulance to come because his jaw was tightening up, his chest was hurting, and his whole arm was getting numb, and he thought for sure he was having a heart attack. They hooked him up to the EKG machine and said, your heart's fine. I didn't tell him this, but it it might have been stress. I knew somebody very close to went to the hospital twice with chest pains, and it was anxiety attacks. Excessive headaches, weight changes, compromised immune system, unexplained fatigue, insomnia, shortness of breath. And then lastly, the behavior symptoms of stress can be irritation with family, friends, and colleagues, outbursts of anger, withdrawal and detachment, sudden crying, changes in eating or sleeping patterns, accident proneness, inappropriate laughing, and of course, increased use of even prescription medications, alcohol, tobacco, or illegal drugs. So as we close today, I just want to ask you, are you living way too fast? And taken in way too much. If you are, what should we do? We have to change our definition of progress. We need to focus more on the spiritual and relational, as Paul said in Romans chapter 1, than, than, than these other avenues of, of progress. Listen to this, and you may want to write this down. We should measure success by virtue, not wealth. By humility, not education. And by meekness, not power. Amen? And I mean like human power. I know last week I preached on kingdom power. That's totally different, right? Being humble and not trying to rise to the top. There's this show that's been, uh, it's a documentary and uh, it's called The Men Who Build America. And they're showing all the guys like Rockefeller and Carnegie and all these, these these big guys. And they all said they had the same personality. They were cutthroat, savage businessmen that pretty much did whatever they had to do to become the most successful people in the world. But it was, they wasn't meek by any means, by any, it was all about power and money and, and, and that's, that's, you know, and that's not how, that's not a kingdom way to measure progress. Amen. Let me tie back in the last two. That's not a kingdom way. This is the kingdom way. Virtue over wealth, humility over education, meekness over power. And again, not kingdom power, but earthly power. We have to set limits from overload. Refuse to get overloaded. We have to identify the source of our stress. See, once we reduce the overload, we need to examine how we are responding to it. You remember it's not our situation, our circumstance, but how we respond to it. And of course, we need the Lord's help. And again, that's why prayer and fasting is so important. That's why we do it every year at the beginning of the year. And especially, like Miss Nancy said, 2020 taught us more than ever how we need to depend on the Lord, right? We have no year, no, no idea what this year is coming. You could wake up tomorrow again and your dog could swallow a sock. You have no idea. Or worse, right? You don't know, and that's just a, a small piece. But listen, if you're overwhelmed and overloaded with information and stimulation overload, prayer and fasting is a great time to unplug. Fasting, biblical fasting, of course, is going without food, is restraining from any amount of food for a certain period of time. Again, we have the resources in there. You can eat one meal a day or just skip one meal a day. Do a Daniel's fast, eat fruits, vegetables, nuts, uh, total fast, just like water and juices, whatever. Again, I would advise you if you're on medication, health issues, talk to your doctor about it. But I've heard people that have fasted and had, they, they were able to get off of their medications. They, God gave them a breakthrough. But, see, if you're overwhelmed and overloaded, Not only should you fast from food, but unplug the TV, get off of social media, the things that are over informing you and overstimulating you. It's a great time of year to unplug and focus on the Lord. Again, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, as Paul said in Romans chapter one, to grow in your faith and in your relationship with others. We're going to have prayer meetings every night. Hey, get around other people that are praying and fasting too. It always helps. And I was, it blessed me. I was even talking to, uh, Dr. Langeneau and, and, another brother in the church and, and, and we're doing it a little different this year. During the day from 12 to 4, the auditorium will be open. He's like, man, I like that. I'm, he works right down the road. He said, I'd be able to come here and just have some personal prayer time. So listen, instead of eating lunch, you can, and being on social media, checking your Facebook and Instagram while you're eating, why don't you come down to the church and get in the presence of God and read and pray and we'll have worship on. And, and then you can join us at night for some corporate prayer time. As I I wrap it up, Matthew 11, 28, 30. This is a more common version of what I read earlier. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. You're overloaded, you're overwhelmed, and I will give you rest. And this is the scripture we're going to take off on next week. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is light. See, if you're lacking peace in your life, if you're overwhelmed or overloaded and you're always stressed out, come to Jesus and unload today. Unload your stress, worry, anxiety, for he is the Prince of Peace. One more scripture and then we're going to pray. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. Then because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with the peace that no one can completely understand. I love this last verse. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. Come on, somebody. We need to stop being controlled by stress and anxiety and worry and be controlled by the peace of God, right? Listen, 2021 can be crazy again, but we can walk in peace. Because we serve the Prince of Peace. And again, if you're a born-again Christian, actually Jesus said, I give you peace, my peace, I live you. It's actually in there. I actually got revelation at the end of the first service as I was saying this. You know what? The peace of God's inside of us, but being overwhelmed and stressed out and anxiety, it quenches. It It, it overwhelms that peace. And so when we cast that care and cast that our, our burdens on the Lord, guess what? It comes out of us. It comes off of us, and we can tap into that peace again. Come on, somebody. Stop letting stress smother your peace. Amen? Amen. So you need to come to the Lord today if you feel that way. But maybe first you need to come to the Lord for forgiveness. You know, again, our brother Keith and we were talking to Miss Paula about this, and she was even saying it just proves how quick, just like that. We don't know if this is our last day, he went to bed Christmas night and he's in glory now. Just like that. No signs. You know, Pastor Todd mentioned, I think when we were talking, you know, people say, man, are we in the last days? We're we in the last days? Well, we may be, but the better question is maybe this is your last day. What if it's your last day? Where are you going to spend eternity? We know Keith and Miss Sylvia, they're in glory, man. They're with Jesus right now. They ain't worried about 2020. They already entered into eternity, right? And it's a blessing because we know we'll see them again. We'll be with them. He'll be with his family. But where are you going to spend eternity? If you slip off tonight, I went to bed uh, Friday night thinking about this. Like, man, how must that have been? He went to bed thinking about going fishing next morning and next thing he knows he's in glory. What if you didn't wake up tomorrow morning? Where will you be? Do me a favor, close your eyes with me and bow your head. The Bible says that we've all sinned. You may be, maybe you're under the load of sin today. Maybe you're overwhelmed and overloaded with the burden of your sin because you've never been forgiven. You've never asked Jesus to forgive you. The Bible says that we've all sinned, every single one of us in this room, and fall short of God's glorious standard. And the wages of sin is death. And that word death means an eternal death. We know that because the next verse says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So if today was your last day, and you don't know where you'd be spending eternity, you can be sure today by repenting of your sins, which means to turn away and turn to God and ask him to forgive you. And that load and that burden of sin will begin to lift off your body. Whatever head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Brandon, that's me. I'm not sure where I would spend eternity, but I want to be sure I need to get right with God. I need to be forgiven. I want you to just slip up your hand if that's you, and I want to pray for you. Hands going up over here, right here in the middle. Thank you, Lord. Over here to my right. Amen. Every section, just like first service, every section, there's hands going up. Anybody else before we pray? I see your hand, man. Anybody else? Even young people raising their hand. Anyone else before we pray? Just acknowledge it by saying, Lord, I need to be forgiven. More hands going up. Young people love to see young people giving their lives to Christ. Hands still going up. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Sir, I see your hand. Thanks for your boldness. Yes. This is the best way you can start out a new year is securing your eternity because we may not even make it through this year. We may all be in glory. Amen? With, if you raise your hand, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's just pray this all together. We're going to pray it in faith and as a family, the rest of us going to pray with you. Just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me and thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for paying my debt. I know that I've sinned And I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I repent and I turn to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Lord, give me the grace and the strength and the wisdom to live for you and to glorify you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Why don't we celebrate with these today? Amen. Yes, congratulations hey, this is the best decision you ever make. This is the best way to start a new rhythm in your life. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a card in the pew right in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Fill it out and bring it to the info center. And why don't, why don't we all stand up together? And, and, and before we go, let's pray through these uh, uh, again. And I want you to just bow your head and close your eyes with me one more time. And I want you to just do business with God. Look, nobody's going to look around. I ask you for please nobody to look around because I want people to just do business with the Lord. You know, we don't, we don't do this as a religious thing or legalistic. We legalistic. I just believe it's, it's a way to acknowledge the Lord when you lift your hands. With nobody looking around, you know, we talked about, you know, not having peace and being overwhelmed and overloaded. If you say, Brandon, I'm lacking peace in my life. I feel overwhelmed and I've been really stressing out and I, I, I need to unload on the Lord. If that's you, just lift your hands and begin to unload into the Lord right now. If that's you, come on, don't, just be bold, come on. Lift your hand and say, Lord, I unloaded. Look, hands going up everywhere. It's not just you, you're not alone. First service, it was the same way. I got my hands. I get overwhelmed just like anybody else. I'm, I'm human like you. I get stressed out sometimes. I got my hands up. I don't want to start another year this way. I want to unload. Come on, let's pray. The Bible says to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. The way that you do that is through prayer. Come on, just tell him whatever you've been overwhelmed about, whatever's stressing you. Come on, first repent, ask the Lord to forgive you and then give it to him. Say, Lord, I give you this. Come on, fill in the blank. I give you this. Lord, I don't want to walk around overwhelmed and overloaded. I cast my care on you. I know you care for me. I want to be controlled by your peace and your spirit, Lord, not by stress, not by, by these other things. Lord, I cast it on you. I give it to you today, Lord god in jesus name now in in Zechariah, the bible says that the lord said i'll pour out my spirit of grace and of prayer upon you i want to pray that i want to challenge you to join us with tw- twenty-one days of prayer and fasting tomorrow, and let's pray this: that the spirit of grace and prayer would be poured out upon Family Life Church. Amen. Lord, I pray that you pour out the spirit of grace and prayer. May the grace to fast be upon us, prepare us spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And may the spirit of prayer, Lord, that that we have a genuine heart to pray and to seek you first and to know your heart and to get closer to you. But I am believing that as we pray, we're going to see miracles and breakthroughs and healings and transformations and salvations. And revival, as we pray, happen in our church, in our home, our community, city, state, the nation, and even the world. And we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless y'all. We love y'all. We hope you join us tomorrow night, 630, right here for prayer and worship. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. God bless.